0: How many of you, and no shame in answering this, how many of you went trick-or-treating on Sunday? Okay, cool. So, Holden, what were you? You were a soccer player. Okay, who else went? Yes. You were an M&M. Okay, someone else. Who are you, Tommy? You're what? I don't know who that is. Who were you going to be? Sure you were. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. So h- here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an assumption that as you were walking around trick-or-treating, no one came up to you and said, now who are you supposed to be? Like you were obviously a soccer player, right? Or you were clearly an M&M. And that's just how Halloween works. Like, oh, that's the Hulk. Oh, that's Princess Elsa. It's just, it's, it's obvious. But wouldn't it be nice if our real identities were as obvious as our trick-or-treat ones? So here's what we're going to do the next three weeks. We are, are going to do like a mini-series on surviving the wilderness. And think of each one of these talks as, as a different chapter in a survival guide for middle school. Because middle school is kind of like a wilderness. It's tough. It's a dog-eat-dog world. And and the middle school years can be very, very difficult. And so what we want to do is to help you not just survive these years, but actually thrive in them. And one of the things that makes middle school difficult is it's when you really begin to try and figure out who you are and who your identity is. So an identity is just a massive term that simply means what makes you, you. And an identity is very important because it's what gives you value and worth. So I, I want you to imagine that your parents purchased a live turkey that you're going to take care of and then eat for Thanksgiving. I don't know why they would do that. Maybe they think it'll taste better. The worst thing you can do in that situation is to name the turkey, why? Because as soon as you name the turkey, you've given it way more value. You've given it an identity. And so it stops being, man, I can't wait to eat the turkey, to how could we ever eat Tom? <laughs> <laughs> and so here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to look at, at what our identity is, what the Bible says our identity is, and then look at the, one of the main issues that plays into that. And I have to be upfront with you guys, talking about what the Bible says about our identity is rather tricky because it kind of works like a battle pass. So those of you who play video games know that almost every video game in the world has a battle pass or a season pass at this point. And the way that works, if you're not familiar with it, is there are two tracks. There is the free track, right? Where everyone gets it and there's like some basic stuff in there, some bonus energy or maybe like a common outfit or whatever. But then up here in the premium track, there's the, ex- yeah, you know what I'm talking about. There's the exclusive weapons or the, the special costume or whatever. The problem is it's locked. There's a cost to have access to the full benefits of the battle pass and that's kind of how our identity works according to scripture. A- and so wh- what we're going to do is I want us to look at the free pass, if you will, and then what's going on with the premium pass. So uh, I am getting my he- ahead of myself a little bit. So what does the Bible say about our identity? So in the first block here, we would look at Genesis 1, uh, 26 through 28, um, which reads once again like this, that, that God said, let us make man in our image, Now, there's so much we could say about this passage, but the thing that you want to catch is that we are made in the image of God, which is so important even if we don't know what that means. There, there's no consensus on what that means. Some people think it means that we have emotions. Other people say it's that we're able to think rationally. My two cents, based on the context, I think that to be made in God's image means that we are, we are invited and responsible to govern and cultivate the world to bring honor and glory to its creator. But even if that's wrong, the point still remains that to be made in God's image means that you are immensely valuable. And so part of your identity is simply that you are valuable. The fact that you are human, made in God's image, means that you're immensely valuable. That's true of everyone. Another element of our identity that's true of everyone, we would find in somewhere like Matthew 25 where Jesus tells a parable, which is a short story with a point to it, about this king who goes away and he leaves three servants with like different amounts of gold. So one, he gives five talents, which is like five chunks of gold. One, three, and one, one talent. Two of them handle it well, one does not. And the point of the parable is that we should steward what God has given us well. And how that plays into our identity is this god has given us all something to steward we are all in some way shape or form gifted or talented uh now this doesn't mean that we're all equal in that sense some are given more than others but everyone is given something maybe maybe your gifts are athletic maybe you're an excellent leader or maybe maybe you listen to people really well are an excellent, excellent supporter. Everyone is given something. That's part of our identity. We are valuable, but we're also uh, been given a gift or a talent to use. And then the final element we would see in somewhere like John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And sometimes when you read that, make sure that you sub in yourself the world that God loves Isabella. God loves Johnny. God loves Lori. <laughs> this is just part of, uh, of our identity as human beings. So these three things are true valued, gifted, loved. However, there is a bit of a problem, that is that the premium content is locked away by sin. Sin is, um, sin is open rebellion against God. It's saying to God that I'm going to do what I want, say what I want, ignore what you've said, because I know better than you. And not only does it lock us out from the full benefits of our identity, it actually mars up all this stuff so we can't even see it clearly. But this is why Jesus is such great news Jesus, God in the flesh, came to set things right, to deal with our sin, and to pay the cost for it. And so when we accept Jesus as our Savior and King, we share in his life, death, and resurrection, which unlocks premium content. That when we are united with Christ, or joined to Jesus, or Paul will often in his letters just say, in Christ... We share in everything that he has, which means that we share in God's love for Jesus, peace, righteousness, his mission, etc. And so this is our identity, specifically our identity in Christ. And this is true of anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord to be saved. And if you can grasp this, if you can buy into this, your life, middle school and beyond, will be so much better. The problem is we normally don't believe this, or, or rather we don't prioritize believing this. See, w- one of the enemy's greatest tactics is to get you to forget your identity in Christ. And he does this in a way that we normally wouldn't suspect him to, to act. Rather than trying to steal your identity, which is something he cannot do, he cannot change the fact that you were joined to Jesus. And so what he does is he tries to convince you to leave your identity at home. Now, not that I expect any of you to notice, but I almost never wear athletic shorts. And there is a reason for that, because anytime I go anywhere, I have my phone, my keys, and my wallet. I need three pockets. Now, you could say, put your wallet with your keys. That does not work, I have tried. And so, during the summer, if I'm not going anywhere, I will throw on a pair of athletic shorts, and inevitably, I'll have to leave the house. And I'll say to myself, do I need my wallet? No. And I will walk out the door and nine times out of 10, what happens? I need my wallet. And so I'll be like trying to like pay for something using my phone or like digging through the seat trying to find cash that fell down there or whatever. And that's the same way that the devil works with our identity. We wake up in the morning. He'll be like, you don't need your spiritual ID. Today's going to be an easy day. you won't need to establish your value, you won't need to be reminded that you're loved unconditionally. And so we just walk out the door. But then we get bombarded with people asking us who we are and why we matter, and we don't have our spiritual ID ready with us. And so we're looking around, who am I, who am I, what am I gonna do? And so we grab onto other things. One of the things that I see students grab onto a lot is winning, for example. Uh, Oh, here's who I am. I'm a winner. This is why I matter. This is why I'm valuable, because I win. Or or others will grab onto how they look. They'll say, look, this is who I am. I am put together. I am attractive and beautiful. This is why I matter. And it becomes their temporary ID. But here's the problem with temporary IDs. They are temporary. Uh, What happens, for example, When you lose, your ID is gone. What happens when you're not the prettiest or the most attractive person in your class? Your ID is gone. You're back to being a nobody. And so we need to resist the temptation to leave our identity in Christ at home because it's really not an accessory. It's a necessity. Uh, It's as essential as putting clothes on. Just like we would never go to school in our underwear. We should never walk out of the house without having our identity in Christ intact. And tonight we're going to spend a little bit of time in small group talking about how we put off and then put on our identity in Christ. But here's the key. We have to believe that all of this is true in Jesus. It has to move out of your head and into your heart. It has to move to your core.